Okay, so taking a well-deserved break from Israel and the GOP and the UAW, good grief, isn't it fun to find yourself on the couch at 1 p.m., which more and more now is going to become 425 and 8 p.m. to watch our Detroit Lions do something other than give away football games. Sean, you on there with me, man? Yeah, it's a pleasure, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, depending on your age, we've seen a little bit of everything, and, and I'll tell you what, this is something new. This is a deep, competent, confident football team, and I am really enjoying every second of it, Chris. Thanks for having me. I, I love having you, and I tell you what, I as a diehard Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid drinker, I have been through the same pain and suffering. My brother just wrote a piece in the Atlantic a few weeks ago about what it's like being a Lions fan, a massive departure from him, you know, with his political background. And it's it's hilarious to read the the reminiscings of of a guy who grows up wanting so badly to see your team win, only to have essentially buffoon after buffoon after buffoon run the team from the GM office. One thing I can't get over before we get into the game yesterday, I have become semi-addicted to watching Dan Campbell's daily conferences. <laughs> Honestly. He, he is a character. There's he, no doubt about that. He was like um, Stone Cold Steve Austin with uh, a little bit of Barack Obama in, in terms of his uh, art- articulation of the football world. He, he, I have never really seen in my lifetime a Detroit Lions coaching staff be able to get behind a microphone and humbly vulnerably, honestly, patiently deal with every one of those reporters in the room and talk about why they're confident, why they're hurting, where they need to be, and constantly be available. It is really, really impressive what Brad Holmes has done. Oh, it, it's it's amazing. I, you know, and, and credit goes to both of those guys. I think Brad Holmes, I've never seen depth like this in my entire lifetime. Even the good teams in the 90s, including the 91 team that went 12-4, and four, won the Central Division, and, of course, has the only playoff one. I've never seen depth like that. And Dan Campbell, to turn the culture of this franchise around, Chris, I'm sure you know this, uh, the culture wasn't only bad amongst the fan base. So often it, it was it was bad, whether it be at the Silverdome, whether it be at Ford Field, and, of course, that beautiful facility in Allen Park. And, and Dan Campbell has completely turn that culture around it is a culture of winning it is a culture of team and they're showing it on the football field right now they are and that is one of the the coolest things uh, i saw recently was the clip the other day of the guys at practice doing push-up drills and a couple of the uh, the rookies were, were lagging behind and really having a problem finishing and some of the vets dropped down and started doing those push-ups with them because they wanted to finish as a unit and cheering each other on. They don't have to do that. They know they're being filmed somewhere, somehow. But these guys have bought in, and it is a heck of a lot of fun. We're seeing names like the Cam Suttons, for example, and like Jerry Jacobs, who was, boy, that guy was getting beat up and picked on so much that, I mean, all those pass interference calls week after week after week, and you say, geez, get this guy off the team. And now he's everybody's hero with three interceptions in the last two days. Yeah, everybody's stepping up. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is a total team effort. And, you know, you think of where this franchise was just a couple years ago and where this franchise is today. It is amazing that they've been able to turn it around and and, uh, making plays is infectious. You know, I've heard guys say that for years. My broadcast partner, Lomas Brown, uh, he would tell you that when you see a guy make a play, it becomes infectious. Everybody wants to make a play. And the Lions are certainly infected right now, and this is one infection I, I, I hope they don't find the antidote for. 
I do too. Okay, so let's just break it down real fast. Really, really good win um, yesterday over a fairly weak Carolina team. What a Carolina team that's got some spunk. I mean, they they made it look easy, but it surely certainly wasn't as easy. Next two weeks, we go into Tampa Bay uh, Sunday. That game has been flexed. Um, it's funny. One of my one of my brothers bought tickets for that game because he was going to be working in Florida with all his buddies, and it got flexed. And now he can't go to the game because he can't find a flight to get home that late at night. So, at, oh, what a bummer! Yeah, a bummer. I know. For so, like, let's call it four thirty Sunday afternoon. Do you expect to win in Tampa? I know they're they're going to be favorites in terms of Vegas odds. What do you see? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, here's the thing of, about Tampa. I mean, listen, I I think they are a model of the National Football League right now, and, and what I mean by that is there is a giant midsection of teams in the National Football League that, uh, Chris, with no other way to say it, you never know what you're going to get from them uh, from week to week. And I think that Tampa's in that. Yes, they're in first place in, in you know what is not a very good division, but it, it isn't exactly like they've been world beaters. And, right. you know, the NFL to me is in three categories. You, you, you've got the, the teams near the top, and definitely the Detroit Lions are in there. And then you've got a bunch of teams in the middle, and I think Tampa is, is smack dab in the middle where, you know, you can sell hope to to your fan base. And then you've got some teams at the bottom that are just scrambling and looking to make the turnaround, you know, much like the, the Lions had uh, in the past couple of years. But Baker Mayfield is the poster child for that, which I'm talking about. You never know which Baker Mayfield you're going to get from week mm-hmm. to week. That has been his story in his entire career. They don't particularly run the ball well, but if that passing game is on, they can cause a little damage. You know, you still have sure. a guy in in Mike Evans, and, and, and Chris Godwin is, is a heck of a player yet. But uh, listen, no doubt about it, the Lions should go into this one uh, feeling pretty good uh, about their chances of winning down in Tampa. Yeah, and then the Baltimore game, and then, of course, we have a Monday night game against the Raiders. There's a good chance we go into the bye with with seven or more wins, which, I mean, good grief. If you were to ask Dan Campbell a year ago, hey, listen, 2023, with what you're seeing trend-wise, how will you feel satisfied? This has got to be better than what they expected, and it's been a heck of a fun journey to watch. We won't bring Dave Rieger into this because he's a Broncos fan, and we don't really care what he has to say. But, you know, he wants to be pessimistic, but I refuse. And hope, you brought up the word hope, Sean. Hope, yeah. you know, hope is the, is the greatest and the, and, the, and the worst thing in the world. It is the catalyst of, of every big revival and every redemption story. And you can never give up. But it's also the thing that can take your heart and throw it on the ground and stomp on it every single Sunday for about 16 weeks in a row. The, the Lions are playing great right now. Sean knows we've discussed. They're playing wonderful right now. A nice win against Kansas City. My worry for the Lions is their depth of wide receiver, number one, which Sean I think would agree with, and number two, um, I think they're probably what the, the third best team in the NFC right now, behind the Niners and the uh, Eagles. I put them ahead of the Cowboys now. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I, I think you could make the argument that that you know they they could knock off Philly. I I think San Francisco is head and shoulders above everybody else right now. You know, there there doesn't seem to be a weakness. But Dave, I'll, I'll say this about the re- receiving core, and this is a guy that that I 
was talking about in the offseason quite a bit. I, I think this wide receiving core is better and deeper than people think. Yeah, and Chris, one of the guys, especially early on, that we saw yesterday is, is the guy that, that I talked about a lot in the offseason. I think Khalif Raymond is a heck of a player. Oh, and, man. And I don't think that yeah. I don't think that he's gotten the due that he deserves. And you know, early in that game yesterday, he had some big receptions, but you know, my guess is Amon Ra will be back next week. I think we know about Josh Reynolds. Khalif Raymond is a guy that I, I think he's scratching the surface. So, you know, this team has really taken on a next man up mentality. And, and more important than that, they've lived it. Whoever right. the next man up is, is stepping in and making plays right now. So it's been pretty fun to watch. Right. And we need as Michiganders, as as Detroit metro area people, and, and certainly out to the West Coast and up north, we need to revel in the fact that we get to enjoy our Sundays with a little less anxiety and a little less frustration later in the day, a little less heartburn. Go for our Detroit Lions. We'll be back after the break. We'll check in with Chris Wemwick, see what's on his menu for the day, and toss around a couple things.